Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Kristen Mott, a homeschooled mom of three who's taken her love of board games to the next level with a Kickstarter campaign for her first title, Dinosaur Exhibit. Oh, I love dinosaurs. Kristen, welcome to the binge. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's it's, I feel honored. Oh, uh, it, it was when I saw this. Uh, Mike lined up this interview, our, our producer, and uh, I was like, "Oh man, I love archaeology." <laughs> when I was a kid, oh man, I would love getting into anything dinosaurs at all. And I'm sure your kids have been a massive inspiration for you on this game. Before we get into the game, though, I want to kind of dig into this this background. So you're a mom of three. Uh, your your profile says that you uh, you do homeschooling, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Is this is this something that started because of COVID, or was this like a pre COVID kind of plan? <laughs> no, this was pre COVID. Okay. We were homeschooling before it was cool. I mean, <laughs> none of my kids have been uh, into a classroom. Yeah, It's um, something that we decided to do when my um, oldest, who's now eight, was three. And we just decided we'd keep him home, you know, till first grade. And I started researching homeschool. And I was like, you know what, I think we'll just do this for the long run. Oh, um, wow. And so all three of my kids have been homeschooled the whole time and and it's been great it's a wonderful experience and I wouldn't change it I love it how old are your kids uh the oldest is eight and then I have a six-year-old and a almost four-year-old wow and and what are the genders uh the oldest is a boy and the two younger girls oh nice now I imagine they uh probably play together that's a good spread of ages but uh, do they they play Mm -hmm. often together do you find or all the time I mean, that's the majority of their time is spent at home, basically just playing together. And it's fantastic. I mean, there's issues there, just like any sure. siblings, but they do spend just the majority of their waking hours playing together, playing and learning together. And it's great. And then as with homeschooling, how, like, how long will it go for? Will it go till like grade eight or is it going to high school or like how, what, how does that, how does that work? Our plan is to go ahead and continue through high school. Um, wow. And then, you know, if they want to go to college, we'll, you know, cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but yeah, that's the plan. Nobody has shown interest in wanting to go to school. And so we're just sort of doing our thing, I guess. What's amazing is <laughs> that uh, it's almost a forced thing now with a lot of schools and the, you know, mm-hmm. the lockdowns and so forth over the past couple of years quite a bit here, even in Canada where I'm located, uh, you know, four shutdowns, you know, yeah. like full years of school or, uh, you know, they're, they're learning from home. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, being ahead of the curve is, uh, is pretty cool. <laughs> How have you found managing that? Right. Because now that there is some people actually use work as a, like almost like an escape, right. That's yeah. the time away from, uh, away from the home, especially when they have large families. Mm-hmm. But there's no escape, right? So you right right from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, they, I mean, it's it's all kids all the time. How have you managed that? And then on top of that, do things like work on board game design and so forth. <laughs> it's um, yes, I mean they are there all the time. Um, but it really, as far as working on my board game stuff and my prototypes, it's really been great to have them around. I work on it a lot of times just at the kitchen table and they can come and go. 
you know, oh, mom, what's that? Um, tell me about this. And that's, you know, that's the way dinosaur exhibit itself. Um, I tested it with my oldest the yeah. very first time he saw it on the table. Was like, what's this, mom? We got to try it out. It was, you know, homemade pieces. And, um, and, and so just having it there, it, you know, they're learning all the time. So it just sort of integrates into the day and I'm doing they're seeing me work on something that's important to me and actually my middle child she is the she's a creator and so she sees me working on a prototype and she's like now I have to make a prototype and so she will go off with her markers and paper and she'll make a game you know and make up the rules on the spot and it's just uh it's fun to see it's it's really yeah. just to answer the question, it's just sort of integrated into the day. Now, when I do need to be alone, <laughs> I can find a space in the house to be alone and work on something. Um, or if I have something I really have to concentrate on um, to do that. Well, it's certainly cool to have built-in play testers, I'm sure as well, right? <laughs> it was, it's, it is, I mean, it's great. <laughs> now, what were you doing like what, before this, right? So you go back, you know, eight years mm -hmm. ago, you know, before you had kids, like what were you doing then? I worked a lot of different types of jobs. Um, I, um, I actually, I worked in a horse barn for a long time. Oh, wow. I sort of managed the barn and I'd teach riding lessons um, and travel to shows. Um, and then I was also, I worked in a law firm for a while, um, just like as an administrative assistant. Yeah. I worked um, as an optometric technician. I took, you know, interior photographs of people's eyeballs. <laughs> um, and then actually I was in school to become a veterinary technician okay. um, eight years ago or nine years ago. And I found out the day of orientation of school that <laughs> pregnant with my first kid. So I went for about six months and then I haven't been back. <laughs> I have no intention of going back. And I'm thinking as you're mentioning these different career <laughs> paths, I'm like, okay, there's a game, there's a game, there's uh, a game, there's a question game, there's a game on Thomas Drift, there's a law firm game, there's now a yep. animal sciences one. And yeah, <laughs> was there any skills that you found that you can pull from, uh, you know, in that past that you've pulled forward into now working on like a game? Um, time management is yeah. a big one. Um, of course, I mean, I spent a majority of my childhood and early adulthood in the world of horses, um, and equestrian competition. And so I've got some, I've got some ideas, um, about a game, um, that sort of revolves around that, because that's one of those things that I feel like I know the best, um, yeah. in my life. I mean, I was in it for 20 plus years. And so I sort of feel like I could make a game about that and make it real detailed. And sort of, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I find that in, in this industry, I'll, I'll talk to people sometimes and they'll say, Oh, I can never, I like playing games, but I can never go and, and create a game or I can never, you know, launch a game. There's so many transferable skills mm -hmm. literally across every possible uh, field that people could work in. There's something that you, the, in, in your day-to-day -day job that would apply to the board game industry, right? Yeah. Whether that's even uh, social media, like you've got, uh, you know, a fairly large uh, Instagram following, right? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, that is uh, a skill and uh, something that can apply to board games and yours is board game themed and so forth. And it's a way of leveraging yeah. and, and building audiences and following through things like that. Sure. So there's literally time management is another great example, you know, in the legal <laughs> firm, I'm sure you got into contracts and the details of, of, mm-hmm. you know, understanding contracts and how those things work. And these are all things that are important when you're hiring suppliers and so forth. Right. So anytime yeah. somebody tells me that and says, oh, I, I could, you know, I don't, I don't have any of the skills needed. They do have the they do have some skills that are needed. It's just kind of discovering what that is that they could transfer over. So, so how do yeah. you so dinosaur exhibit? Where did this idea come from? Well, actually, my original concept for this game was um, a card game for kids, mm. where you would purchase different um, items you'd need for a museum to create just different exhibits in a museum, and I got the idea for it actually after watching Night at the Museum, which I love that movie. I've always loved it. And I watched it by myself during lockdown. And the next day I was like, I need to make a game about this. But the first concept didn't, it didn't really work. I tried it myself for a while and it just, I couldn't get it to work. And I played, um, around that time, I played Lantern's Dice. Okay. I don't know if you've ever played that game from Renegade. And it was, it just blew my mind. That's like, this is amazing. I love roll and rights. And so they combine the tile placement with roll and rights in that game. And I thought, this is amazing. You know, I had it in my mind for a while and then I got to change my museum game and make it a roll and write with tile placement. How awesome would that be for a kid's game? And then sort of, um, made the theme more specific instead of it being a whole museum that you're trying to create is just one exhibit, the dinosaur exhibit, which my kids have always loved dinosaurs. And it's been years the dinosaurs yeah. have been in our house. And we would go to our children's museum, um, our local children's museum, and they have a great dinosaur exhibit. And it just, it just sort of uh, came from that, I think, a combination of all those things. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I was looking at it, I'm like, this feels like Night at the Museum. I wonder if they were watching <laughs> that, 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 uh, that yes. movie, if that's inspiration. Were you playing games a lot, like before you had kids? Like, like when did you get into the game industry? Like, is this something <laughs> that you've been doing your whole life? Is there were kids the catalyst of getting into games or? Uh, the short answer is the kids were the catalyst for it. Honestly, right. I, um, I didn't really like board games as an adult, which, you know, that's blasphemy, but um, I didn't really have a lot of great, I mean, didn't have any good, fantastic memories attached to it. We didn't play a whole lot when I was a kid. Um, So I just didn't, it was kind of indifferent, I guess. And I never really wanted to try it. My husband had bought a copy of Dicey Peaks. um, I had five, six, years ago I don't even know how long ago we had it on our shelf and I had never played it I don't think but my oldest who was six at the time was like mom I want to try this and we had been playing like checkers and chess and shoots and ladders and some things like that and uh he's like I want to try this game all right so I learned it we played it and it was amazing it was fantastic I couldn't believe not only how much we both enjoyed it he was six at the time and totally got it understood how to play and enjoyed it and just I could see different things that he was learning through the through playing the game I mean nothing um it just 
you know, sportsmanship, taking turns. There's, you know, he had to analyze and as strategically as he could at the time, yeah. you know, push his luck, play, um, just play and strategize with the game. And I thought, this is amazing. And so we got a few other kids games because that was sort of what I was into at the time. It's like, oh, well, now we need to sort of integrate this into our homeschool. And then um, it sort of snowballed and it felt like almost overnight, I got my husband into playing more games. Yep. <laughs> then we were just hooked. I mean, played games all the time and the collection just exploded <laughs> after that. <laughs> I always equate, uh, and it's going to sound like a weird analogy, but uh, board games is like beer. <laughs> people that say they don't like beer, they haven't tried every beer, right? There's That's a true. beer for everyone out there. And I, I, I truly look at board games the same way, yeah. right? There's, there's people that'll say, oh, I hate board games. I'm not into board games. Well, they might be thinking about a specific memory. They might be thinking about um, when they're a kid playing Monopoly and didn't like mm -hmm. how, you know, it went on forever. Or yeah. maybe they're thinking of risk, you know, playing risk as a kid and how they're constantly <laughs> feeling attacked, you know, and you know, there's, there's a winner and there's a definite loser to the game. Right. Yeah. There's so many different play styles out there and, you know, you get into euros and things like that, where, I, there, there is something for everyone. And, yeah. uh, you know, in a, 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 a one little learning, I just want to kind of, you know, catch on to that you're mentioning when you're talking about the design of this game specifically, and we're going to show the audience in a second what this game looks like, but you know, the fact that you had an idea, a theme, a rough mechanic, but it wasn't working under a certain, uh, style, right. So it wasn't working as a mm -hmm. card game. That mechanic wasn't working, but the theme and the ideas and everything were, were, were still there and still, you know, good. So you shifted, right. And you said, okay, I'm going to pivot mm -hmm. and I'm going to now make this a roll and write. And all oh, this might work really well with roll and write and, and, and tiling. I had the exact same experience on uh, nutty scrolls, the Oakwood force this is a Kickstarter. We did this past year. It started off as literally as a physical board game with four different, you know, areas of the board that each, you know, four people, maximum four people could play. And the squirrels were kind of running to the center, grabbing their acorns and running back. And the idea was a good idea. And people liked the idea, but the the mechanic of a physical board was not, it just wasn't working. It just didn't kind of fit what we were, we we're trying to uh, get through with the kind of the vibe we're trying to create. And we shifted over to making like a board that you create with cards, right? And then those cards make every time you play the game, it's always different. And that, yeah. that, that, that little change, that willingness to say, you know what, I, I like the theme. And sometimes maybe the, if I just change the mechanic, maybe there, there's still something here. And I would encourage listeners out there who are maybe budding game designers themselves if you've got an idea you think is great, but you just can't get it to work or it's just not functioning, look at the mechanics. Maybe there's a different way you can approach that same theme um, to kind of get across what you, what you, you kind of envision in your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's talk about uh, Dinosaur Exhibit. I'm going to show on my screen for people who are watching. Uh, congratulations on funding your campaign already for your Thank first you. campaign. That is an amazing <laughs> um, accomplishment. Uh, it is it is a grind. We were talking about this off just before we went on air, right? It is emotionally rewarding, a Kickstarter campaign, and it will suck your soul. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> yeah, it is It is exhausting. Uh, you need a nap when you're done, right? And so yeah. the fact that you've you funded, I think, is just commendable. Um, you know, that is a major, major milestone in and of itself. And, um, and, and it's a cool looking game. Your artwork uh, looks awesome. Who did you get to do the artwork? Uh, Jerry Padilla, um, and he was 
just amazing. It was almost kind of a fluke that I found him in one of these Facebook um, board game designer groups. And I mm -hmm. saw some, a few examples of his, um, which of his work, which was um, mostly high fantasy um, subjects. And but I thought, man, I bet he could do, he could do a dinosaur skeleton really well. So I yeah. just, you know, had him try the cover and like, yes you have to do this oh, yeah. it was you amazing fantastic it looks amazing and then used uh, david diaz from mesa labs we've had him on the podcast he did the video mm -hmm. up front the video is is amazing so congratulations on that <laughs> how did you, you find Thanks. these people was this part of your initial research or how did you connect in with these different people no because i I really didn't even think that I would do a Kickstarter for this. I thought it's a great idea. Maybe I could, mm, we'll see. You know, if I do a Kickstarter, I wanted to have the files done. I wanted to have the art complete. It had to yeah. feel real and done to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I had done a little bit, um, trying a couple of different artists on Fiverr and it just, it wasn't quite what I wanted. Yeah. And then, um, I found uh, Jerry in that Facebook group and I was like, maybe I should do this. It looks real. It looks fantastic. This could, it could be a real game. Um, and then with David, I, um, I felt like such a fangirl. Like I loved his <laughs> game, uh, Facilis. Yeah. And he contacted me actually through one of those Facebook groups to say, Hey, I do this. We make videos. If you need help, let me know. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Okay. And so I contacted him and, and that was it. I mean, I saw some of his, the other videos he'd done for other Kickstarters, but yes, if he can make my game look this amazing, we should do that. Quick shout out to David too. He's part of the tabletop animators group. They've got a great YouTube mm -hmm. channel uh, where they'll, they'll yeah. do uh, like reaction videos of other people's animations. <laughs> and it's usually, it's, I mean, it's positive, right? And, and mm -hmm. often it, it, it's cool seeing them geek out over <laughs> other people's videos they'll say how do you think that they, they did that or you know what, what was the, the style there so yeah it's uh, it's pretty cool so how do you play this so it's a roll and write so maybe just explain step by step and i'm going to scroll over it on the screen for people that are watching maybe on the replay or even live sure it's um it's a fairly simple gameplay it's um you're a museum curator you're rolling these custom dice which are curation dice you're rolling for the tools that you need to um prepare space in your dinosaur exhibit you roll the dice. Um, if you're the active player, you choose, there's two dice. So you choose one for yourself and the rest goes to all the other inactive players. So I liked that I that mechanic because everybody gets to participate on every mm -hmm. turn. So you have to pay attention. You don't lose the attention of kids um, as they're waiting for their turn. Um, and so then you're shading in the squares on your um, exhibit map. And once you have completed, um, it's either a square of four of those tool squares or a long rectangle, vertical or horizontal. You can then place a fossil tile on your map um, and those give you extra bonuses, extra points. Um, they're worth points at the end. So you're trying to actually create the best dinosaur exhibit um, mm -hmm. in your museum because everybody's trying to win this newly discovered Spinosaurus skeleton, which is actually the one that's on the uh, box cover. Um, and so you can earn points in several different ways from the fossil, the tiles, the bonuses, um, and then extra squares that are, you have to shade, but you can't put a tile on them. Those are worth um, 
one point at the end of the game as a storage area. And then you also have these pillar tokens that you can use throughout the game to help expand your space. And if you don't use them, they're worth more. They're worth a point each at the end of the game. And um, it, it's fairly simple gameplay. Just, yeah, it's um, cool. Does everybody but, use the same okay. dice? So when you roll the dice, yeah. is it based on what kind of comes up? Everybody works off those same symbols? Yes, uh -huh. it's the same. <laughs> the two dice are slightly different. Um, so there's actually seven symbols. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, everybody's working off the same too. And, um, let's see the, um, player sheets, there's actually, you can choose whichever one you want to use. They're the same, except the symbols are, um, variable on either side. They're mixed up on differently on either side. Um, and do you find that, um, because sometimes the worry, <clears throat> I was talking to another uh, group uh, that had a roller ride. It was uh, like a ship uh, one, uh, Voyages, which is really cool. Um, oh, okay. And I kind of asked a question. I said, well, if you got, everybody's working off the same dice roll, um, is there the chance that, you know, they're going to have the same, the same path and the same outcome? But their answer was that, you know, very quickly, it just takes one decision that somebody makes that's different. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. it goes off in a completely different direction. Is that the case here as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's, um, you know, those seven, or no, it's the six symbols, because one of them is a yeah. wild. Um, and just in different patterns across the, the entire player sheet. So you get, you see this one, you choose, you know, where you want to shade it. Um, and, you know, whichever, if you're just going for storage areas, or if you're going so that you can actually put down more fossils, it just, you know, there's so many options. Um, <laughs> to put wherever you want to yeah um, it's it a great game for families too right so what would be the youngest age would you say would be able to play a game like this i would say some five-year-olds would probably be able to try it um when i was testing it um with my son he was seven at the time when we were play testing it and uh he loved it he got it almost right away um Although some of my playtesters have said their five-year-olds got it, they got the concept right away and were, <laughs> you know, ready to try it. But um, my five-year-old at the time, she she got it, but there was no like strategy there or anything quite yet. Um, but I would say some five-year-olds, but probably six, seven, eight, and up um, would be best for those ages. And kudos to uh, Justin Abels, who did your photography. I mean, <laughs> photography is awesome. He was, his board game photography is just amazing. It's fantastic. Then how did you find him? Did you, were you just Googling and you found him and reached out or were you already a fan? No, or? we were um, connected on Instagram. We were just following each other on Instagram. I love, you know, all of his professional board game photography and, um, it's just fantastic. And he reached out to me and said, Hey, if you need someone to do this, let me know. And of course, of course, I wow. want you to take pictures of my game. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it amazes me how many people are actually in the industry of board game photography now. Right. If you go right. back even five yeah. years ago, there was like three or four, right now uh -huh. there's tons. <laughs> uh, one of my yeah. favorite podcasts is um, victory point labs where there's three different photographers that do board games exclusively and they compare each other's mm -hmm. shots of the same game, which is kind of cool to, uh, uh -huh, to watch okay. and geek out over as well. <laughs> so you, you've obviously funded in this campaign. 
Mm-hmm. What is the, um, the the plan for manufacturing and things like that? Have you figured that out yet, or you know what's what's your mm-hmm. plan? Yes, I have a manufacturer lined up. Um, I wanted with this campaign. I knew that there were families that were interested and that wanted the game, yeah. and so because it's for families, I didn't want there to be a lot of time between when the campaign ends and when their game gets delivered to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all the art files, everything is going to be ready to send on the last day of the campaign. There's no stretch goals. There's, you know, nothing fancy about the campaign at all. Yeah. And so um, I just wanted it to be ready to go and everything's lined up so that when it ends, things can be sent and hopefully we'll get it by September, October um, into the hands of the backers by then. And then what's your plan with the extra games? Cause you would have minimum runs that you have to hit, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And which are going to exceed kind of your backer count. Yeah. What, what's your plan for that? Uh, my plan is I'd like to get it on, put it up on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I have to wait till I have, <laughs> I have the materials and copies to do that. Um, I would also um, try to generate some interest for different publishers that may be interested and want to take it um, for themselves, which to me would be just wonderful. That would be fantastic. I don't feel like I'm very good at selling my own product. Um, And so, you know, they can have the distribution and everything um, to really get the game out to families which was my intent with it all along is it's a game for families, for parents and kids to enjoy together. Um, so I think that would probably be the, the end goal is yeah. you know, to generate some publisher interest and, and hopefully have somebody. Have now, certainly this is not your last game. Uh, you've already no. mentioned you've got a couple <laughs> ideas. So have you been bitten by the bug now in terms of game design and uh <laughs> Oh, yes, I think so. Um, I mean, I've had several prototypes even before Dinosaur Exhibit that I had sent to, to publishers that I felt like got pretty far down the pipeline before they were rejected. Um, but I've, yes, this won't be my last one. It's, uh, I don't know, I feel like I have so many ideas just floating yeah. around in my head every day. It's addictive too, right? Like it, it really is. You see people in this hobby industry, either a collecting games and you see like people that literally I've got to buy this guy. I think he's at like 2,500. He's got oh like my an entire basement. The, the long wall in his basement is all uh, shelving, <laughs> right? And, and it's just games wow. on their end, like literally thousands of games. And he said, I think he says has like at least a hundred games hasn't even opened, right? That he just, he just collects. So whether you're collecting to play or whether you're, you're designing, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun and, and you get hooked in, uh, you know, really easily with this yeah. game. Um, it, it almost begs the, uh, the option of having like a roll and like a, like a print and play version of this roll and write. Is that mm-hmm. in the cards at all for you guys or kind of what's the extension of this game? Is there another kind of 2.0 that's going to be coming down the pipe or? <laughs> Um, as far as print and play, I think that is an excellent idea that um, definitely could and should be done with this game, although I haven't um, lined that up yet. Um, and I have a few other ideas rolling around in my head, too, about a second, um, not an expansion, but another standalone museum type game that would play mm. with similar mechanics, um, be slightly more complex um, for older kids and adults. and um, 
Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there there could be a lot that I could do with that, but that's sort of the ideas that are coming at the time. So is your goal to continue to find um, like game designs for different age groups, or do you see kind of as your kids uh, get older, the kind of age range you're going to be targeting is going to kind of shift along with the family's uh, growth? I see that that could be something that would happen yeah. where it would sort of um, increase as my kids get older. Um, I really love children's games and games that yeah. you can play that um, parents enjoy as well and can play by them. That parents enjoy playing on their own. They don't have to play with their kids. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I would really like to design an epic game of some kind. You know, I don't, I don't know that I'm there yet, but, um, that, that's what I would like to do someday (laughs) and, uh, and continue making, um, you know, games geared towards children, families, um, lighter filler games. I love puzzly games. That's, That's some of my favorites. Well, certainly you've taken the first major step on that journey and, uh, it is, it's cool to see. Um, if somebody wants to follow your journey along, is there like, a, like, so what's your Instagram page and, you know, what's, do you have a Facebook page that people can follow or, or you know, where's your, where can your community find you? Sure. I don't have um, a Facebook business page. I do have the Instagram handle. Uh, it's just at family.boardgaming. Um, and I just, you know, I share about the process that I have been going through, although that's not everything. It's not just about dinosaur exhibit and the things that I'm designing. I love connecting with the board game community through there. It's yeah. that has been incredible. I mean, there are people just around the world that I talk to, uh, you know, semi regularly, and it's just it's amazing. I have not felt um, as close to a community. Uh, especially online as I have with the board game community. Yeah. It's a great community. It really is full of a lot of people that are not only caring, but uh, cheering for your success. Oh yeah. And very positive all yeah. around. I mean, there's very few. There's still trolls. There's still well, trolls yes, out there. They but, exist uh... everywhere, <laughs> but it's they're few and far between. It's mostly a very positive experience. It is. It is. It is so. fantastic. Um, I, you know, Kristen, I want to wish you all the best on this uh, campaign. You. You've already funded it. I can't wait to see where it ends. And I hope uh, when your next iteration comes, we can get you back on the podcast. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. You take care. Cheers. You too. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.